Hello, this is David J. Howe, Doctor Who collector and author. You're listening to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast. Keep collecting. Welcome back to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast, the podcast that explores the incredible world of Doctor Who collecting and all kinds of Doctor Who merchandise, and sometimes just Doctor Who, brought to you in part by Forbidden Planet and Bags Unlimited Incorporated. I am Larry Van Mersbergen, your host, and I've been collecting Doctor Who now for 42 years. Welcome to the 71st episode, celebrating our 60th anniversary of Doctor Who this month in November of 2023. Um, back in 1984, I opened one of the first Doctor Who stores in Chicago that exclusively served Doctor Who fans in 1984 called Bundles from Britain. And I never thought that anybody would remember it after it was sold off and uh, became something else and became something else after that and finally landed uh, at uh, Alien Entertainment uh, many, many years later. But we are mentioned in a wonderful book called Red, White, and Who, The Story of Doctor Who in America, and we appear on page 384. Uh, you can find a link to buy this book directly on our website at DoctorWhoCollectors.com. We don't make a dime from it, and we don't want to make a dime from it. We want every collector to have a copy. We are part of the Direction Point Doctor Who Podcast Network. You can find some amazing Doctor Who podcasts at DirectionPoint.org. And if you are a podcaster, why aren't you on our network? Uh, you can join the ranks of people like Time Streams, Police Box and Junkyard, Doctor Who Target Book Club, Traveling the Vortex, and many, many more. So visit directionpoint.org for more information. Speaking of great links, two resources that I always include in our uh, podcast here to keep track of your books and hopefully do some more research on Doctor Who collectibles. Uh, the first, of course, is the uh, tire, the TARDIS library. I'm sorry, at timelash.com, uh, free place you can collect, uh, you can keep track of your books, and um, you can sign up for a free account there. Thank you, Mr. Dan O'Malley. You can uh, keep track of your books, your vinyl, your your Betamax tapes, and mostly the media, but sorry, no magazines. Uh, if you can't find something, or if you're wondering if Doctor Who actually made a Halloween costume or had chocolate candy, uh, you can find out at Howe's Transcendental Toy Box. That's at DoctorWhoToyBox.co.uk. Of course, by Howe, we mean David J. Howe, great guy, great friend, and an amazing collector. I hope one day to visit his museum up in uh, Dorchester. Amazing stuff. If you're trying to find Doctor Who items at great prices, then uh, look look no further than uh, DoctorWhoStore.com. Of course, it's in the name. That is Alien Entertainment's uh, site uh, for that. You can also visit their store locations in Lombard or Chicago. Uh, online, you can select free pickup from the uh, store. It really saves on that shipping cost. But check out the store. Lots of Doctor Who and other science fiction and collectibles that are there. It's just an amazing place to visit. Gene Smith is my good friend and the owner of the company. 
Uh, you can also find some great items at Forbidden Planet, one of our sponsors. Just visit our website at DoctorWhoCollectors.com, select the uh, Doctor Who merchandise links, and you can shop there. We've got some great 60th anniversary merchandise there for sale. Uh, don't forget our own eBay store. Um, we sell uh, a lot of items that are duplicates. I tend to buy um, Target books and other books in bulk. And um, what I do then is I then sell off the ones that I don't need. And they're usually in pretty good shape. I don't, uh, you know, I don't mess around with high prices. We try to keep them reasonable. So all proceeds, of course, benefit the podcast. Uh, don't forget our good friends at Who North America. I just had an amazing convention at Doctoberfest. Um, uh, actually, it's not a convention. It's a festival. I got to get that right. And uh, that's what we talked about on our last episode. And it was amazing. Uh, spending some one-on-one -on -one time with Sophie Aldred, I will never forget. Um, we walked through the collecting room. Uh, we had a dedicated room for my, my collection and... Uh, uh, it was really fun to just walk through it with Sophie and showing her, you know, just this, the stuff. And she said she remembered a lot of things, but I do remember showing her a Daypole playset with her action figure in it. And she didn't have one. And I was just like, wow, I'm so sorry. You know, she just said she never bothered to get one. And uh, they didn't automatically send those to the actors when they did it. Uh, I think today they might do that, but that back then they didn't, but she was so wonderful and one of the nicest people uh, in Doctor Who. So there we go. Um, but Keith and Janney, of course, very amazing. They opened uh, their store the same year that I did at Bundles. So you can find them at www.whona.com. And let's not forget our friends in London here. Um, I recently called the Who shop. Now, well, not recently, but a while, a little while ago now. Uh, anyway, when I answered the phone there and I said, hi, this is uh, Larry Van Mersbergen from the United States. The first response was, we love your podcast and we love you at the Who Shop. Uh, thank you so much. You can find a lot of great stuff at the Who Shop at thewhoshop.com. There we go. Of course, on our website at drwhocollectors.com, you can find not just our, uh, our merchandise, but all of our podcasts are posted there. A lot of times uh, those podcasts are taken down on Apple and other providers after a while. So if you want to hear the early episodes, you got to go to the website. You can download them uh, at, your, at your leisure. Uh, just uh, please uh, let me know if you plan to use any content from them or you want to replay anything on your podcast. Just get my okay first. It's usually not a problem. Um, we also have, of course, our guide to Doctor Who hardcover books. That is the as complete a guide as we're trying to make as to what was available in the W.H. Allen, Alan Wingate, Longbow uh, series of Doctor Who hardcovers that were six by nine. And you, some of the early ones had dust jackets and some of them had the great Chris Achilles artwork. Some has the wonderful Andrew Skilleter artwork. And uh, they didn't do all the books in hardcover. Uh, they stopped the run uh, in 1988, uh, and it's, uh, they didn't quite get to all of them, but that's okay. Um, they're a wonderful collector, collectible. They're very hard to find, very sought after, and a very popular thing to collect in Doctor Who. So check us out. Ah, Chicago TARDIS 2023 is just around the corner as of this recording, and uh, it's set for this Thanksgiving weekend. Join us for the 60th anniversary of Doctor Who for the best convention in the Midwest. This is my home convention right here in my backyard in Lombard, Illinois. And uh, you can get some information at chicagotardis.com. The schedule is currently being worked on, uh, so we'll see that soon. Uh, here are the guests. The guest list has been finalized, and sadly, very sadly, 
Bradley. Uh, no Fraser Hines this year, um, just because the man is an amazing actor. And I don't say that because he listens to the podcast, but you know, we love you, Frazier. He's a good friend. Um, he's got a work commitment and uh, wants to be fresh for that work commitment, and we certainly respect that. We will miss you at the show, and we know that I'll see you. I know I'll see you again, my friend. So no worries there. But no Frazier Hines this year. If you had purchased an autograph or a photograph, you will get your money back. That has been processed by Alien Entertainment. They are great about that. But here are here are the guests. My dear, dear friend, Katie Manning will be there. And with with if the stars align and I can figure out a time, uh, we will have her on the podcast. Either we'll do it live or we'll do it on Zoom when she gets home. It doesn't matter, but she's committed to doing an interview with me. And uh, it's long overdue. We've known each other for over 20 years. So there we go. Uh, we're going to have three doctors at this convention, Peter Davison, Colin Baker, and Sylvester McCoy. Um, we've also got Lisa Bowerman, one of my favorite people. Uh, she not only plays Bernice Summerfield in the Big Finish Adventures, she was on the last classic Doctor Who episode, Survival, as, a, as one of the cats. So that, that's kind of cool, too. So she has a big connection to the program. Uh, we've got Jonathan Carley. Uh, he plays the War Doctor for Big Finish. Uh, my good friends John Davey and Mickey Lewis, they both play Cybermen and other monsters. They're great people. Uh, you'll see Janet Fielding and Carol Ann Ford, the first companion, of course. Uh, Jason Haig-Ellery, the CEO of Big Finish. I can't wait to see him. Uh, author Stacey Smith will be there. Mark Strickson, who played Turlow. Rachel Talalay, the director. And uh, Michael Troughton, the son of Patrick Troughton. And, of course, you don't want to miss my panel presentation, which I think will be on Saturday. We're waiting for confirmation, but of 60 items for 60 years, the Doctor Who Collecting Workshop. So you don't want to miss that. So if you need some more information, you want to get a hotel, there's still some rooms available, uh, chicagotardis.com, and uh, you can use the link on Chicago Tardis to get that discounted hotel rate. I believe the double queen rooms are sold out, so I think it's just a handful of king rooms that are left, but uh, that's okay. If you want to join us for that, you can. Of course, single-day passes can be bought, and uh, we hope to see you there. So what is what else is going on? Okay, well, I already did my 60 items for 60 years at Doctoberfest, and it was professionally videoed. So that gives me a really nice video. Um, that video will be available on my Patreon page soon, but however, if you're attending the Oricon or Twin Cities console room conventions, you will see my show on the video screen, uh, which uh, I'm really pleased to hear that that's going to happen. Also, what's happening, there is an amazing documentary coming out on the 19th of November. I believe it's called The Fans of Who. Uh, I was contacted several months back about um, being in the documentary. And, of course, I am in the trailers. So you can find those trailers on YouTube. I've added them to the playlist at the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast YouTube channel. Uh, but you can find them pretty easily on YouTube. Um, I have uh, been working hard to ensure, of course, as I mentioned before about our hardcover list on the website, to ensure that we have the correct printings mentioned. Uh, I always hear rumors on social media about second or third printing hardcovers by W.H. Allen or Wingate, and I'm always on the lookout for concrete proof of their existence, i.e. photo of the cover, photo of the spine, and photo of the copyright page telling us what printing it actually is. Um, as far as I know, the only third printing that I'm completely aware of is the Loch Ness Monster. Now we're not sure there was a second printing. 
Nobody's seen a second printing. So we might think that it went from first to third, possibly without a second in place, but not sure about that. So many of my collecting friends are checking their collections and looking at their, their information to see what they have so we can have a great list of things to do. So if you have any of these books, I'd like to talk to you. And of course, I love talking to collectors. It's my, my tagline. It's let's talk about your collection. So if you'd like to be on the show, you want to take over the microphone and tell me about your story, give me a detail here at Doctor Who Collectors Podcast at gmail.com and we'll get you set up. On today's show, it's 60 items for 60 years. I will be talking about uh, the showcase that I'll be doing at Chicago TARDIS and other places, uh, which I have to do kind of quickly because to get through 60 items in 45 minutes, I have to go rapid fire usually. So um, I've also switched out an item uh, for my doc for my uh, show in uh, Chicago TARDIS because of room in the, you know, basically room in the box. So I thought it would be uh, interesting to kind of change that up a bit. So there we go. Um, I'm going to try to share my own stories about how I obtained each one and what I know about it. I didn't go into any in-depth research or anything, but just, just my joy of, of collecting. Um, if you want to know where the best podcasts are in Doctor Who, you got to visit Feedspot. Uh, I was ranked at 31. Uh, we seem to have disappeared from the list. We're going to find out what happened soon. We just sent an email to the list owner there. Uh, maybe we missed our rental payment. I don't know. We'll find out. But thank you for your support. Speaking of support, of course, I want to thank our patrons. Anybody who supports us on our Patreon page deserves a shout out. And if you're not a subscriber to Patreon, uh, you need to today. That's patreon.com backslash Doctor Who Collectors Podcast altogether. If you'd like to see the exclusive video interviews that I do, um, that I record on Zoom, um, that I do not, I don't show on my YouTube channel. So, for instance, if you want to see the interview with Peter Purvis or with Sadie Miller or with with Lauren Cornelius or with uh, or any of the hardcover stories that actually show the books and the materials that I present in the podcast you can see it there uh, so give us a give us a try give us a try there a $15 level or above and you can always join and quit if you watch all the videos you know I don't care we just the support is needed to keep us on the virtual air there we go. Uh, you can also support us at Podbean. That's uh, our, where we are, we are hosted. And uh, you can uh, support us there as well. Our theme song, of course, is Who's Doctor Who? Composed by Barry Mason and Les Reen, performed by the great Fraser Hines. You can hear this podcast just about everywhere you get your podcasts, including Apple, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Podbean, and many others. Um, you can also find this podcast pretty close to home with your Direction Point Network podcasts at directionpoint.org. So give us a listen, share us with your friends. Thank you so much. Uh, after the break, of course, we will have our main story uh, and the most outrageous offer. Stay tuned. Traveling the Vortex. Are you ready to embark on an epic journey through time and space? Join the thousands of Whovians around the world who've discovered Traveling the Vortex, the ultimate Doctor Who podcast for diehard fans and curious newcomers alike. Every week, we dive deep into the Hooniverse, discussing the episodes, theories, and hidden gems. We dissect the Doctor's adventures, share behind-the-scenes stories, and explore the legacy of this iconic show. Traveling the Vortex brings fans together, fostering a global community of Whovians. Whether you're a fan of classic or new Who, there's something for everyone. Join us on this incredible journey as we unravel the mysteries of time and space. 
don't miss out. Subscribe to Traveling the Vortex today on your favorite podcast platform. Traveling the Vortex, your ticket to adventure awaits. Traveling the Vortex is a proud member of the Direction Point Podcast Network. You're listening to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast. Keep collecting. Hi, I'm Juliet. And I'm Nathan. Experience Doctor Who from the very beginning through a classic fan's eyes. And through the eyes of a new Who fan. Reminisce and relive those classic moments with Nathan as he offers fun insight. Or experience them for the first time with Juliet as she dwells on social issues, history, fashion, and the size of a flashlight. We're the Time Streams Podcast. Find us on Spotify, Stitcher, or Apple Podcasts. You're listening to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast. Keep collecting. We are going on a journey, a very long journey, through the world of the Target novelizations and publication order. Every week, we are looking at a new book, talking about Terrence Dix, Malcolm Hulk, and all our Doctor Who novelization friends. Whatever you do, keep turning the pages. This is Jason Miller of the Doctor Who Literature Podcast, a member of the Direction Point Podcast Network, and you are listening to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast. Keep collecting. Up there is the scanner. Those are the doors. That is a chair with a panda on it. Sheer poetry, dear boy. And now it's time for the main story. Uh, happy 60th anniversary to Doctor Who this year. And uh, I was responding to a challenge, actually. This is what prompted me to schedule my panels and shows for this year. I thought it would be appropriate for the anniversary. And to, uh, you know, just kind of showcase how Doctor Who merchandise evolved and changed and how related merchandise was important to not necessarily official uh, products, because some years there were no official products, uh, but there was something uh, from each year of the series. And so the challenge was, do you have in your collection one item from each year of the series, 63 to the present day, something that you already own or have already ordered and it's on route? So I couldn't order anything new to fill any gaps. So I had to go through the entire collection, which took some time, and I did find one item from each year of the series. And so, of course, when I did my first presentation at Oktoberfest a few weeks ago, uh, the question was, well, what did you find for 63? Because nothing came out. I said, well, not nothing. Um, but you have to look hard and be, you know, it, it's kind of like something I picked up because I, I look for the unusual and the strange and sometimes the unorthodox stuff uh, related to Doctor Who. I decided uh, that I I have a very significant item from 63, so I'm going to do uh, the 60 items through 60 years uh, down the list here. If you want to see um, the items in question, you'll need to either come to my show, either at Chicago TARDIS, uh, or at uh, you can see it at Oricon in Portland, Oregon, uh, or at cons at the uh, was a console room in uh, Minneapolis. There'll be videos of that, or uh, if you wait till December and uh, join my Patreon, uh, you can see the video on Patreon for a $20 subscription. Uh, that's going to be a higher tiered item. So uh, there you go. Uh, but here are the items. So I'm going to start in 1963. 
1963, of course, the, the show started in November, so there was only two months uh, of 63 where Doctor Who would be appropriate. Uh, I did pick up, some years ago, a copy of the Radio Times from December of 1963, and there's really no articles in it, but the listing is important. The listing was for an episode, Doctor Who, The Survivors. And if you know that title, that's the first on-screen appearance of the Daleks. That's when it all started to happen. After that episode, millions of people tuned into the show uh, to see the Daleks. So that is the first on-screen appearance of the Daleks, listing in Radio Times. So there you go. That's my 63 item. Of course, in 64, that's when things started happening, of course. Uh, I, I, I'm presenting the Dalek book by Souvenir Press. That is the first Doctor Who book ever published um, that was co-written by, I believe, David Whitaker and Terry Nation. Uh, the history of the Daleks, the robot people, as they were called. And there you go. Uh, in 65, of course, Dalek Mania swept the, uh, kind of like what Beatlemania did with their merchandise. It was kind of the same thing. Daleks and the Beatles were two very popular merchandise items in England. So I actually had two items for 65. I have a Dalek plate by Weatherby and Sons from 1965 and a Dalek pencil from the BBC with the, um, the display header as well with the picture of the Dalek on it. Uh, some nice things. Uh, 1966, uh, I also grabbed uh, two items here because in 66, the Peter Cushing movie uh, came out. I have also the very first foreign language Doctor Who book. It was a hardcover book written in the Dutch language of Doctor Who and the Daleks with the dust jacket, by the way. And a copy, a really near-mint copy of the Dell comic Doctor Who and the Daleks, which uh, I just looked up in a, in a slightly out-of-date Overstreet comic book price guide that in my condition worth about $525, according to them. I don't know if that's true, but that's what the Overstreet people say. So we'll see about that. In 1967, uh, this was interesting too. This was not a BBC product, but a license. Uh, Walls Ice Cream uh, decided to, uh, they had a little book called the Doctor Who Space Adventure book uh, with a picture of a long-haired beetle-like second doctor. And with every ice cream you bought, you got a card that told a story. So I have a complete set of those cards plus the book. I apologize. Uh, it's morning, so the coffee is going to be ongoing here. Uh, 1968, uh, the, the most significant item, of course, was the 1968 Doctor Who Annual, which had the Cyberman on the cover coming, bursting into the TARDIS with uh, Jamie McCrimmon and, and the second Doctor painted on the front cover. Uh, and, of, and of 1969, of course, uh, we have the 1969 Doctor Who Annual. <laughs> there was not much going on there, so that was the, what I had. Uh, and that, of course, features a photo cover of uh, John, of, uh, excuse me, Patrick Troughton. So there you go. In 1970, uh, again, my, my uh, uh, focus on collecting Radio Times magazine paid off here because I had picked up a copy of the January 1st uh, Radio Times from 1970, which features a full-color photo of John Pertwee on the front cover as the third Doctor, with Spearhead from Space inside the uh, listing. So there you go. Uh, 1971, um, I, I got a little creative here because um, I, I, did, I had a, a, a brief um, 
sponsorship deal with Repro Vinyls, uh, and they sent me a reproduction box of the Sugar Smack cereal with John Pertwee on the cover and the badges on the inside. Of course, it's not the real box. I think only four exist in the world, and... Um, I think I know three out of the four people that own one. One person dug it up out of a landfill and tried to restore it, and it's not bad. I mean, it, it had to be, uh, it was quite damaged, but it's the original box. Um, I believe that box was the uh, design for the repro, so that he was able to fix up the color and all that. But I do have all the badges uh, that came in the uh, box, so that was from 71. Uh, in 72, of course, we're, we're still a year away from Target Books. Um, I have a copy of The Making of Doctor Who by Terrence Dix and Malcolm Hulk from the Piccolo uh, label. That will be reprinted on the Target Book uh, imprint in a couple of years with Tom Baker's image on the front by Chris Achilleos. So it's a really good book about behind the scenes. And Malcolm Hulk was always good about writing for television writing and things like that. He was a real expert on that. Hmm. In 1973, of course, um, W.H. Allen uh, publishes through its uh, one of its paperback divisions, Target Books, which uh, also published other children's titles and other other things. Decided to put out the first Target book, which is Doctor Who and the Daleks. Now, the one I have in my collection is truly one of the first Target books. Um, the estimate is that it was one of the first two or three out of the box that was sent back to the uh, publishing house because usually and typically, and I've worked for publishing houses, so I, I think this is tradition. Uh, the first couple copies are given to the editor, the writer, the author, and the cover artist. My copy of Doctor Who and the Daleks, the first edition from 73 is in mint condition, and it came from the personal library of Chris Achilleos by way of Tasha Achilleos, his widow. Uh, I was very deeply uh, moved by that, uh, and it's still one of the prizes of my collection uh, because I have documentation from Tasha saying he she took it right from his personal library. So there you go. Um, in 1974, uh, W.H. Allen, of course, started printing Doctor Who books in hardcover or cloth-bound with a dust jacket, and that would be Doctor Who and the Auton Invasion, with wonderful cover art by Chris Achilleos. The first hardcover book, of course, um, very difficult to find. I do have one that is appears to be in non uh, in 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 library non library condition, which means there's no marks in it. However, it's missing the title page, and that could either mean that there was a mark on it, or there was a dedication on it, or it simply fell out. I can't see any evidence that it was cut out. It may have fallen out, but that's that. Uh, 1975, uh, we get uh, the uh, Dennis Fisher, no, sorry, Palatoy, excuse me, <laughs> Palatoy, uh, makes a talking Dalek. And the technology, I have, I have three of these talking Daleks. They're, they're just amazing. And they still talk. There's a little tiny plastic record inside, and there's a spring that loads the needle to the record. And with the battery, you can adjust the voltage, and uh, it'll speak four different phrases. It actually is a easier, easier to find the Dalek uh, versus the talking canine with a record, because the record on the canine was designed to be taken out and flipped over. And so, of course, they get lost or broken. Um, and that's that's those are very hard to find. But the Palatoy Talking Daleks, I see them all the time. They're really fun to have. In 1976, again, uh, Dennis Fisher 
uh, comes out with a board game uh, called War of the Daleks. And I have uh, played this game at Chicago TARDIS uh, on occasion where it has a moving game board with little tiny Dalek figures that were made for this game. It's really quite fun to play. And there is a winner in this game. I mean, there's other games where there's no winner. You just keep traveling around the universe. But you actually do try to find the King Dalek. And if you do, you win um, or you get exterminated, actually. If you get a you have a one in four chance of getting exterminated when you get to the middle. But if your piece is touched by a Dalek on the moving board, you're sent back to the start. Exterminate. What a brilliant game. Hmm. In 1977, this is uh, an item I have because I've got I got it in 1986. Um, I have a, it's a it's a hardcover copy of Planet of the Spiders second printing, and what's significant about that is that is the earliest hardcover to get United States distribution. It was included in a in a package of books that was sent to me when I owned bundles from Britain back in 19 late 85 early 1986. Um, that. Basically, Lyle Stewart could not sell these hardcover books. They tried putting them out to bookstores and to other places, and they kept getting sent back, because bookstores back then you could send back on the sold stock. Well, they asked us uh, on a typical day, The I know I've told the story before, but when I was, uh, you know, we were ordering Target books for the uh, for the big convention that was uh, TARDIS 22 um, in, in 86, uh, or 85, rather, um, we were asked if we were interested in the hardcovers and you know said sure yeah so we got all these three four or five large large boxes uh sent to us and included many copies of planet of the spiders so of course i i have a copy from that inventory uh, 1978 uh they came out with the doctor who press out book i have a copy of that that has nothing pressed out of it pretty fun 1979, big year for uh, that. The very first Doctor Who magazine was published. That would be Doctor Who Weekly number one, featuring Tom Baker on the front cover and the free giveaway transfers. I do have a couple copies of that magazine. I believe they're well into the late 500s on, on this magazine now, so that's a very significant um, achievement there for, the, for Doctor Who. Marvel UK used to publish that. Um, in 1980... Uh, I have a TARDIS tin bank with Tom Baker uh, painted on the side. Uh, these were uh, in my shop in the uh, mid-80s. Uh, they were imported uh, to the United States through the Barbara Elder Corporation, but uh, they were made and sold in the UK in 1980. In uh, 1981, uh, licenses were given to the, uh, to the Viewmaster uh, company 3M, I want to say. I'm not sure. I'm just I'm going off my memory here. I have no prepared notes, so please don't uh, don't you know lambaste me if I get it wrong. But they came out with a couple different items for that. Uh, there was a Doctor Who. There was a gift set that included a box with the Viewmaster inside and the full circle um, circles in there. But those are very hard to find. And I guess there's two different printings of full circle uh, in yellow and red on the on the sleeve. I pretty sure I have the yellow one, but I was told that was the more rare one, which is weird because in my shop I had a ton of those yellow ones. So maybe they got sent to the United States and they were rare in the UK. I don't know. I'm trying to get more information about that, but they came out with the Viewmaster, a 3D image. I, I usually take my uh, my sample Viewmaster around and I pass it around the room and give people an opportunity to see it because it's really quite something. And that's how we entertained ourselves when we were kids. Um, in 1982, of course, uh, the home video uh, market was was booming in the United States. 
And uh, there was a local video store by me called, I don't remember the name, but um, it might have been Video Nuts or something like that. But they had uh, the original Doctor Who and the Daleks VHS from HBO EMI. Um, and um, we rented that to watch it. And of course, uh, a few years later, uh, the, the shop was going out of business. So I went in there. And uh, he said, uh, I've got to get rid of everything. And I said, what are you going to do with the Doctor Who and the Daleks? He goes, oh, why don't you just take it? And then on the wall, I noticed the poster. I said, are you going to throw that away too? He goes, yeah, do you want it? So he took it down and uh, gave it to me. So that was a kind of a nice find. Those posters are hard to find. The videotapes are hard to find. In 1983, of course, the 20th anniversary of Doctor Who, <clears throat> um, it was really cool to get a copy of the Radio Times that had a cover designed by my good friend Andrew Skilleter, uh, with 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 which I guess he got invited to the uh, to the reception. And also significant that Radio Times issue with the Five Doctors was the first issue of Radio Times to ever get United States distribution. They asked the Radio Times publisher to print many, many copies of that because they were going to ship them to the U.S. and they kind of scratched their head and said, why? There's nothing. Well, it's Doctor Who. So I actually had copies of that in my shop. Very cool. In 1984, uh, another significant year, of course, in Chicago, being where I'm from here in the Chicago area, uh, the first big ultimate celebration convention with many guests, including Troughton, Pertweeb, Tom Baker, and all that, all in the same place, which was really quite something. Uh, the company that behind that was called Spirit of Light, and he also got a license to make cer certain toys. And in 1984, in Chicago, Illinois, they manufactured the very first sonic screwdriver toy. Uh, it's molded plastic. It sounds like a dentist drill, but I have a copy, and it's, it's the first, the first sonic screwdriver right here in Chicago. Um, these are also, uh, 1985, uh, I have something from my old shop. Uh, Royal Albert China did a series of five Doctor Who plates, which included three Doctors, um, the Daleks, and the Master, I believe. And I have all five in the boxes. The boxes have, uh, you know, held up pretty well. They got a little bit uh, water damaged, uh, but the plates are in amazing shape. And um, they've been, they've been uh, from the Bundles from Britain inventory from 1985. Okay, 1986, I have a copy of Doctor Who and the Pescatons on cassette that came with uh, that came out in 1986. In 1987, I have the largest Target book ever printed. That was the Build the TARDIS Without Scissors or Glue for £7.95. Uh, measures way over 11 by, you know, more than 11 by 17. I can't remember, but it was the, the largest Target book ever printed. And one day I'm going to build one of those. I got two of them, so I was going to build a TARDIS one day. Uh, 1988, W.H. Allen, uh, due to lacking sales uh, of the hardcover editions, uh, announced that mid-year they were going to stop producing hardcovers. So the final hardcover title, Doctor Who and the Smugglers, got only 1,000 printed, and uh, that came out in 1988. I do have a mint copy of that. Uh, one of the confusing things about that is that you might find a copy with a Lyle Stewart price tag on the back, even though Lyle Stewart did not sell the hardcovers after 1986. Um, those price tags were applied in the UK, 
before they were shipped over to the United States. In this case, the smugglers did get a couple of bookstores that imported them from W.H. Allen, because I have a few people that told me they bought them at a Crocs and Britannos. Um, and so it's possible they did not come from, from Lyle Stewart. They may have come directly from W.H. Allen in the U.K., uh, so that's why a couple of them landed here in the United States. Um, not too hard to find copies of those. I've seen a few floating around, but you'll pay for them. Uh, up to $750 for one of those. Uh, 1989, we get the Battle for the Universe game. Of course, in uh, 89, it's the final year for the classic Doctor Who series. After Between 89 and the mid-90s, uh, late 90s, the license for Doctor Who was free and easy or very cheap. And so there were a lot of things that continued to come out um, in the after the show ended, uh, officially ended in that year. Uh, but more, you know, there was still interest in the program for a few waning years after that. In 1990, we come out with Doctor Who 25 Glorious Years by Peter Haining. That was, uh, it's in my collection. In 91, the Doctor Who Yearbook, 1991. Kind of an annual style thing. Of course, the last annual was 1986, so uh, they didn't print any more after that. I'm not sure why they didn't do McCoy annuals. That would have been awesome. But uh, there we go. Uh, 1992, this was an interesting uh Find, and I do have this at, at my show. Uh, the Danbury Mint produced the, the official Doctor Who chess set of all these fine pewter figures with a really nice uh, mahogany chessboard with the information pamphlet written by David J. Howe. Um, I don't remember what the original cost was. Uh, I do know that you will pay up to $3,000 for a full set. There was an expansion set that came out in 96. I do not have the expansion set. Those are very hard to find. But that included Paul McGann's Doctor and several other figures. All right. In 93, Comet Miniatures got a license to produce several different plastic injection mold kits, including a TV Dalek. Uh, and I happen to have Patrick Troughton. I have three of these Patrick Troughtons. Two are built. One is not. Uh, they're very nice, very nice. In 94, of course, the future of video technology as VHS tapes were uh, starting to, you know, they would wear out after time. And so they came out with the Laserdisc, you know, with the size of an LP. Uh, you needed a big player. Uh, they came out with the Five Doctors on Laserdisc in 1994. I do have one of those. Um, in 1995, uh, and this is interesting, it's the 96 Diary published in 1995. Um, I always think of um, uh, Good Omens when uh, they're asking about the 65 Doctor Who annual, and they say, no, there is no Doctor annual 66. It says, yes, published in 1965. So there we go. Uh, and um, that's how that goes. So the 96 Diary. In 1996, of course, we get the Doctor Who movie on Fox TV here in, in the United States and uh, in Canada and the UK. So uh, they corresponded that with the uh, a novelization on BBC Books and a script book. I have both of those um, for this year. The script book is autographed by Paul McGann and Sylvester McCoy. In 97, of course, uh, the BBC started to um, pull back on the licenses. So uh, Virgin Publishing, which had been doing the new adventures for quite some time, uh, they lost their license. So the final novel, uh, The Dying Days, which is the only New Adventures novel with Paul McGann, uh, and uh, that's, that's on there too. The final Virgin novel came out in 97. 
1998, uh, they put out an audio uh, audio cassette called Doctor Who Short Trips. I have that one still sealed. In 1999, that's a big year for Doctor Who. Uh, a little company in England called Big Finish, headed up by Jason Hay Gallery, um, along with Nicholas Briggs. You'll know both of those names, uh, decided to do, got the license from Doctor Who to, for BBC to do Doctor Who audio novel, you know, audio pro programs, radio programs kind of thing. And it was inspired by the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy radio series, which is still the gold standard for radio drama. Uh, and the Sirens of Time came out in both cassette and CD. I have both. And I'm very excited because at Chicago TARDIS, not only uh, am I going to have the three doctors on there, Davison, Colin Baker, Sylvester McCoy, I'm going to ask them to sign the cover. Jason Hagellery will be there too. His name is on there as the producer. So I'm going to have him sign that too. So it's going to become a very uh, nice item in my collection. Uh, in 2000, uh, the book, of course, Doctor Who, The Regeneration by Philip Segal, who was behind the Doctor Who movie that came out. It's a very large coffee table book. Um, in 2001, they revamped the Talking Daleks. Uh, instead of a little record inside, it was a digital uh, chip um, or a small chip that played the recordings. And you pressed a button on the front instead of the top. And you could not remove the uh, eye stock gun or plunger. So, you know, they're very hard to transport unless you have the box or a protective box. But I did okay with mine. They, they work great. They're wonderful. I, I, they talk well. Uh, it's just a, they're a lot of fun to have. Hmm. In 2002, um, again, these are items from my collection. Uh, Doctor Who magazine number 315 came out in 2002. Nothing significant about that, but it's what I have from 2002. In 2003, um, they commemorated the 40th anniversary of Doctor Who with a series of special covers for the Radio Times, featuring all the previous Doctors that were still living. Uh, so it included Tom Baker, Peter Davison, Sylvester McCoy, Colin Baker, uh, and I don't know if Paul McGann had one I had off the top of my head, but the, uh, they did special covers. I think I have all the covers. So very, very cool things to have there. Um, in 2004... Uh, the, uh, uh, I believe it was Daypole or one of these companies decided to reproduce an old Dalek toy. In this case, this is the Clockwork Dalek that was produced in the 60s. It was one you wound up and been around. And so this came out in 2004. All right, in 2005, of course, big year for Doctor Who. The series returns full-time and is going to the present day uh, with Christopher Eccleston. So I thought it was cool to find this copy of the Radio Times. This was the reveal issue. So if you have, see the front cover, it has the TARDIS, and then there's a half page. You reveal it, and it shows a big picture of Christopher Eccleston. So that was pretty cool. Uh, 2006, uh, Studio Canal, of course, uh, owned the rights to the Doctor Who Peter Cushing movies, and they came out with a series of radio-controlled um, Daleks, and these were pretty significantly sized Daleks. In fact, they take up half one of the boxes I, I travel in. I've got four of them total in my collection, uh, and they're pretty tall. They're a little taller than 12 inches uh, wide and about 8 inches deep, so they're very big. Um, and they work, uh, they, they talk, and they move around, and all the movie Daleks have pre-recorded dialogue from the Dalek movies, which is pretty cool. You expect to pay about, uh, you could pay about, uh, let's see, uh, Alien Entertainment has them for about $150, but I've seen them up to $300. Hmm. 
2007, we go to that. Um, another set of talking movie Daleks. These are the micro talking movie Daleks. It's a set of four Daleks uh, from the movie, and you press down on the top of the dome, and it speaks a line from the movie. So I still have that in the box. In 2008, they uh, they came out with a toy called the Dalek Voice Changer Helmet. I have one, it, and I usually have it out for display and for use. I don't have the box anymore, but um, you you turn the microphone on and you can talk like a Dalek, and the lights go off, or you can use the pre-recorded Nicholas Briggs uh, and the sound effects. It's it's really kind of cool. In 2009, um, this was a uh, another Studio Canal release of the soundtrack to the Doctor Who and the Daleks movies and a two-record vinyl set, and I've got that from 2009. In 2010, uh, the Wii, uh, Nintendo Wii in the UK came out with a game called Doctor Who Return to Earth. This game never got released in the United States and will not work on a United States player. So I have a copy of that. Uh, in 2011, this was interesting, I have the complete set of Serpent Crest, uh, which is an, an audio adventure featuring Tom Baker and Richard Franklin. Uh, and uh, there's like five, 10, 15 CDs in there. And of course, they just came out with a huge uh, vinyl collection of that as well. But those came out in 2011. In 2012, uh, they came out with a new inflatable Dalek. Uh, that is the... Um, you know, the new design Daleks that got maybe five seconds of attention before everybody said, what new design Daleks? So I have one of those in white, which I will have at the convention, uh, all completely blown up. Um, in 2013, this is also another UK item, they came out with the fourth Doctor time capsule, which included a, a DVD, uh, a sonic screwdriver, an action figure, uh, a couple of prints, as Tom Baker's autograph, and a big box. And of course, this was only playable on UK players and only sold in the United Kingdom. Uh, in 2014, uh, we get uh, the, the Adventures in Time and Space uh, movie, but I have the uh, soundtrack CD, which has some amazing soundtracks on there. And of course, there is a reversible cover on the on the CD, so I have both uh, version two CDs with both cover options showing. Uh, 2015, I got this as a Christmas gift one year. It was the Funko Pop TARDIS number 227. Uh, kind of hard to find these days. I, I've been trying to find another one, but nope, no luck. But that came out in 2015. 2016 was the anniversary of Doctor Who magazine, the 500th issue, and they commemorated it by doing the exact same cover with Peter Capaldi on the front cover, uh, which I guess Tom Baker really enjoyed seeing uh, when they showed it to him. And they put them side by side, and it was quite a quite a thing. Uh, but Peter Capaldi, of course, was a huge fan of Tom Baker's uh, and a huge fan of Doctor Who. And it's a, it's a shame he's not appearing in any of the... Um, he didn't appear in Power of the Doctor. He didn't come back to do any of this stuff. I, I really wish he would. I really enjoyed his run. Hmm. In 2017, um, the, uh, the, the company here... Um, made a game, I can't remember the company name off the top of my head, but the Miniatures game came out, and that company went bankrupt. I believe Warlord Games, I want to say. I think that just came to me. Uh, so that game is still mint in the box, and um, it's, it's out of print. Uh, I don't know if anybody's picked up the license for that yet, but maybe they will. 
In 2018, I, I got, uh, again, another Christmas present. It was a Jodie Whittaker action figure. It's about uh, about a foot tall. Uh, it's not too, not, I really like Jodie. You know, Jodie is a great actress. I love the Doctor. You know, it, it's Doctor Who to me. You know, I, I don't I don't delineate classic and new. It's it's Doctor Who. That's, that's how I see it. In 2019... Uh, this big game called Time of the Daleks, uh, with all the various add-ons and expansions and all that, and I have all of those. All right. In 2020, uh, they released on, on vinyl, and I have this, uh, The Paradise of Death and Ghost of Endspace, the first two audio um, that was done by John Pertwee. This was the the inspiration for uh, Big Finish, actually. It's a shame John Pertwee died three years before Big Finish launched Sirens of Time. I'm sure he would have been in it if he had still been around. But I have those vinyl records. 2021. Um, sad year, actually. Uh, my, my friend Chris Achilleos passed away, and uh, before just before he died, I got a copy of Kaklak, The Art of Chris Achilleos. And of course, now you can get a copy um, that was really that was been revised with tributes to the late Chris Achilleos, and um, again, I'm always thankful of my my friendship with the Achilleos family, both Anna, his daughter, and Tasha, his widow. In 2022, um, I have the Doctor Who series 11 and 12 trading cards in the binder, so that was my 2022 item, and my 2023 item was already on order, and I uh, could count it, but I have the Regeneration set, uh, which had Jodie Whittaker and David Tennant in there, and I also had on order the 14th Doctor Sonic Screwdrivers, um, the, the online version, which was a debacle when it came out because uh, they did a pre-release and people bought it and then put it up on eBay and then they announced, oh, we're making more. So that shut down the uh, the eBay scalpers. But anyway, that is roughly 60 items, slightly more, but 60 items for 60 years. Um, and how, you know, things started with the, uh, the Dalek book and Dalek plates and now we're basically, since 2005, more things have come out since the previous history. And it was done to make money. And, you know, that was, uh, you know, people that sell it today, you know, that's great. But there are dealers that have been around since before uh, the series closed. And I would say, you know, if you want to get great Doctor Who items, go with the standards here. Alien Entertainment, Who North America, The Who Shop uh, in London. Those are my three go-tos. So... Um, there we go. That's 60 items for 60 years. So uh, thank you for listening for that. And stay tuned now for the most outrageous offer. Hello, fellow time travelers, and welcome to the Doctor Who Target Book Club podcast, the only podcast to discuss in story order all the Doctor Who novelizations. My name is Tony Whip, and every two weeks or so, I'm joined by a two to three person discussion panel, including our so called expert who's been a Who fan since 1979. That would be me. We also get the views of intermediate, casual, and novice fans who either have never seen the show or who have never read these books until these podcasts, including Dalton Hughes and Alison Fitzsafried. You can find us on iTunes, Stitchers, or wherever you find good podcasts, or even ones like ours. You're listening to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast on the Direction Point Podcast Network. Keep collecting! Hi, I'm Rupert Booth. I am known as Paul Ferry. And my name is Barry Williams. Together, we host Time Ram. Time Ram's a cruel mistress. 
It's a random number generator. That also. We roll a number from 1 to 13, and that's our doctor. Then 1 to 300 for the story, and then we ram them together. Even if it doesn't make sense. Cruel, I tell you. Time round. Putting the wrong doctors in the wrong stories, so you don't have to. You're listening to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast. You are invited on an adventure across all of time and space, in a completely random order. It's the Police Box in the Junkyard podcast. Jump in the TARDIS with your hosts, Eric Gulbranson, Asad Cheshki, and Matthew Kressel. Explore Doctor Who TV stories, audio adventures, and books, both novels and non-fiction. The Police Box in the Junkyard podcast. It's the entire Who-niverse. On Shuffle. The Police Box in the Junkyard podcast is a member of the Direction Point Network and is available about once a month wherever you find your podcasts. You are listening to the Doctor Who Collectors podcast. Keep collecting. The vervoids are probably the best dirty joke in Doctor Who. They're hermaphroditic plants. A lot of plants are. So there you go. That's it's based on science. No, they'll ship anything. There are probably eleven and handle shippers out there. You just have to drill a hole where his mouth is, and you're all set. You know yeah. he needs the room. I've seen it in pictures. I'm not saying you're not a fan. I'm saying you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Doctor Who gives a f- a drunken Doctor Who podcast for the end times my travelings throughout the universe I have battled against evil, against power mad conspirators. I should have stayed here. The oldest civilization, decadent, degenerate, and rotten to the core. Power mad conspirators, Daleks from Tarans, Cybermen. They're still in the nursery compared to us. Ten million years of absolute power. That's what it takes to be really corrupt. And now it's time for the most outrageous offer. The most outrageous offer is an item or Doctor Who related item that appears to be priced way beyond what it should be or where it actually lies in the market. So uh, today I have a a hardcover book uh, that's in good condition. It's not in new condition at all. Um, It's from uh, DSM Books in Liverpool. Uh, and uh, it's it was found on abooks.com. Abooks.com has some wonderful Doctor Who books, so be sure to do that. So it's published by W. H. Allen, nineteen eighty. It's a hardcover edition, um, and uh, it's uh, let's see, the item is in good condition. Uh, there are school library stamps, worn boards, covers heavily scuffed and bumped, tanning to page edges, uh, so not in good condition at all. Uh, they are shipping to the United States uh, for $24.43, but they're asking for $1,620 for this book. Um, I have to, to disagree because Horns of Nymon not only got U.S. distribution and hundreds of copies have been floating around, uh, you can get it for a lot less. In fact, on the same uh, site, we can get the book. This is a little bit closer to where it's supposed to be here. This uh, is uh, uh, the bookseller here is the Alder Bookshop, which I've bought from. Uh, they're really, really wonderful. But they have a copy of this book. It is a first edition X library. Um, they're a bit warm, well rubbed in places. Page blocks, edged, tanned, and slightly foxed. Uh, appears the front end paper has been removed and half title stuck to the front front face down. So uh, the book neater and seems a list. You know, it's basically it's a little bit in better. Shape shape than the other one according to this tight binding and they're asking for 226 
$226.49. It's a little bit more accurate. Uh, I do see this book come up for sale sometimes. Uh, I've had mine since 1986. It's in mint condition, but I could never imagine asking for $1,000 for The Horns of Nymon. That's a book that only has a Goodreads rating of three stars. And uh, I'm not sure if the Target Book Club liked it or not. I don't remember. But anyway, um, when you're looking for hardcover books, be careful. If you're trying to fill gaps in your collection, don't pay over $1,000 for The Horns of Nymon. Uh, that's crazy. There was somebody out there uh, not long ago who was trying to sell the Macra Terror for $500. Well, that had a lot of printing, and it was 3,500 copies that were printed. There was no shortage of those, and I've seen plenty of them about, so there's no reason to ask for so much money. So hardcover books are the most controversial Doctor Who uh, collectibles because everybody thinks they're an expert. And I don't claim to be an expert. I just do my research. And I was the distributor of Doctor Who hardcover books back in the 80s. So I do know a little bit about it. It's okay. You know, I don't mind. You know, you can argue with me. You can do whatever you want. It's a free country. All right. So there we go. That uh, takes care of the most outrageous offer. I look for screenshots of the page on my website. I will post links. Sometimes these links disappear because after the podcast, people write in and say, hey, da, 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 and they remove it or they lower the price or they think, oh, no, no, I put the decimal point in the wrong place. It's an auto post. Um, or in, in some cases, it's a seller that's selling another buddy, another person's copy of the book for a higher price. And if you buy it, then they buy it from them and then they sell it to you. It's really quite... Um, horrible when you think about that. Anyway, that wraps up the most outrageous offer, and that wraps up the Doctor Who Collectors podcast for this 60th anniversary episode. Uh, there'll be more coming uh, in this month, uh, next month, um, when I when I talk to several people at Chicago TARDIS, and uh, we will pro hopefully get Katie Manning on the program. Uh, Andrew Skilleter is scheduled to be on the program as well, uh, and uh, we've got a few more things in the works. So uh, hopefully I'll see you all at Chicago TARDIS, uh, as of this recording that's in two weeks. And uh, so please, I'll be in Doctor 5 cosplay for Friday and Saturday, so please say hello. I'm more than happy to talk. Uh, I don't have a lot going on on, Saturday, uh, on Friday. I'm doing uh, photos all day, but Saturday is my light day. I, I just have one panel, I believe. Might have two. Um, I, you know, it's it's possible, but not guaranteed. I might be doing a main stage interview this year. Let's hope so. I know people want to see me up there doing it, so uh, hopefully they'll uh, recognize that and put me up there. Um, and then, of course, we've got uh, you know Sunday. Uh, we'll be doing uh, some gaming. We've got Dodge the Daleks. We'll be playing that game in the gaming uh, citadel. So we'll hopefully see you there. Until then, keep collecting. Direction Point! Direction Point! A Doctor Who Podcast Network.